0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week it is episode 110 and uh, I don't have a buddy. ...sitting here geeking out with me. It's just me by myself and I am talking Mario Kart Double Dash for the Nintendo Cube of Games. Ironically, it's Double Dash where two racers are on every kart and it's the first episode in forever that I'm completely alone for but I just have I wasn't able to get a guest uh to line up to do the game that I wanted to cover because I really wanted to talk double dash because double dash is fucking awesome and I'm excited about this and we're gonna do it I'm in a great mood if it sounds like I am I've had a lot of coffee and I'm fucking ready to go uh listen the intro is gonna happen before we get into Mario Kart double dash and just listen if you skip the intro every week and I know that you're out there I know you fucking people are out there if ever there was a week for you to not skip it just please give me a few minutes just listen to what I have to say right now before I get into the normal intro just please listen okay this is has been a very busy day for me I have never waited this late to record an episode of the show as I say these words into this microphone to your ears right now it is 6 12 p.m. on Tuesday night mountain time the show literally is going to be going live in like 12 hours and I'm just finally sitting down to record so um just if you can hear this that's me cracking a nice cold beer because it's not day, it's not morning when I record this. And uh, I'm excited. We're toasting Remember the Game Industries. This is what I wanted you to listen to. So if you're going to hang around for any of it, just listen around to this. Um Sorry, I lost my place in my notes already. It's, I haven't even drank any of the fucking beer. Uh, the big deal, the announcement, the future of the show. I have been teasing it on social media for a little while. I've been talking about it. Uh, I revealed the whole thing yesterday on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. It's all over there at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you've missed it or haven't seen it, I'm going to give you the footnotes version right now. And I beg you, I literally am like, I, I, my hands are pressed together like I'm begging. I am literally begging you. Go to rememberthegamepodcast.com, completely free, there's no obligations there or anything, and you can just read my full rundown of all the plans I've got moving forward, because we are leveling up the podcast in a very, very big way. I'm really excited, a little nervous, a little anxious about it. But I would love to hear you see you come along, and I just really pour my heart out in that post, and I would love it if you went and read it. But the quick footnotes, the long and short of it is that we have something special here with Remember the Game. Uh, we're growing like crazy. It's just it's like it's like we're hitting puberty right now, and we're in a big growth spurt. Things are getting nuts, and I've decided it's time to jump into this with both feet. Really try to level up and revolutionize Remember the Game and make it into a brand as opposed to just some stupid excuse for me to yell profanities into a microphone for 45 minutes every Wednesday. Uh, so beginning next week i will be doing a gaming news show to go with remember the game and expansion pass so i'll be putting out three podcasts that week and every week moving forward potentially um so remember the game won't feature these normal intros where i talk about gaming news and stuff like that anymore it'll be retro gaming news if any exists and then it'll be listeners thoughts on, uh, on the game we're covering, it'll be discussion about the game that we're covering, and then just general retro gaming discussion, I get a few ideas I want to kick in, remember the game beginning next week will become just 100% retro gaming focused, I don't want to spend time talking about modern, current, new games and then on Friday, my yet to be named gaming news podcast will debut, uh, it's going to be split into three segments, Playstation, Xbox and Nintendo, they're each going to get some time I will timestamp them in the description box, so if you only care about one of the systems you can get your fill in 15 20 ish 25 minutes uh depending on how much news there is but you can just get your fill of just playstation news just Xbox, whatever will be in and out uh, i won't be breaking down every news story just the biggest news the new releases anything that's on sale that i'd like to vouch for and say i think you should pick it up stuff like that it'll just be a much longer version of the intros that i've been doing here on the podcast for the last couple of years um, and I know that there's a lot of gaming news podcasts out there already, uh, but I also know that a lot of you seem to enjoy the way that I recap the news and the way I put my own personal spin on it and stuff like that. Uh, so I hope that you enjoy it. I'm really excited about it. You guys know it's something I've been talking about for a while. I hope it works. Uh, so that'll be going live. Uh, so that'll be going live next Friday. Uh, and then what's going to happen with the Gaming News Show is all of our Patreon supporters will get the Gaming News Show every Friday. And then if you listen to it on the free feeds, if you're non-Patreon supporter, you will get access to it on Monday a couple of days later Uh, expansion pass will remain as it is it'll be on Sundays for all our Patreon supporters Uh, I also went out today and invested quite uh, not to flex because I have nothing to flex but I invested quite a chunk of change in a new computer a new laptop a gaming laptop Uh, so hopefully I can get that figured out later this week and my plan is to start uploading Adam sucks at video games which is my let's play series videos every day a chapter of a game, whatever it is I'm playing, every single day. And I want to start streaming regularly. I'm thinking four, or five, maybe even six days a week, streaming the games that I'm playing for the podcast on Twitch, streaming new games on Twitch. Just It's a way for me to interact with you guys and get more involved with the community. I still have to figure all that out. It's going to take a week or so, but that is the plan. Um, and the thing is, and I'm very sorry to be that guy, But three podcasts per week, plus videos and streaming and promoting the show and editing and all that stuff is a lot of work. So here comes the Patreon plug. And please don't skip it. Just don't just listen. Just it's really good. Please. I know I fucking I hate salespeople. I'm a shitty salesperson. I'm trying to be a salesperson. This is really important. I still only have one tier, $2. People have said that they would pay more. A few of you have paid more. I sincerely appreciate it. Certainly not necessary, but know how much I care and how much I I truly am thankful that you do. $2 is all it takes. I want everyone to be able to afford to sign up and get access to all the content should they choose to. I feel like $2 is affordable. Um, It's like 50 cents a week, you know, maybe less in a four and five week month. It's even better. Um, There are more perks now, okay? I have more to offer you guys. We have 95 supporters at this point. My goal is... I mean, oh, well, I guess my end goal is like a million. Uh, but right now, it's it's two hundred. I would love to hit two hundred Patreon supporters. When we hit two hundred, I will be sending everyone that makes up that two hundred number a remember the game lanyard because I'm going to be ordering some for the show and a personalized. I literally will handwrite two hundred personalized thank you notes and send one to every single person that makes up that two hundred Patreon count when we get to that target. And in addition to the lanyard and the thank you note. $2 a month is going to get you expansion pass every Sunday, plus access to every old episode. You can download them all onto whatever, listen to them, except for Spotify for some fucking, that's not me, that's Spotify. that um, you can download them all, listen to them, you get a new episode every Sunday. You'll get access to the news podcast on Friday. The free people will have to wait until Monday. You can submit comments and questions for all three shows that I will work into the shows, reading and replying to, stuff like that. Patreons will now know what games we're reviewing days in advance so they can send in their comments, their memories, their thoughts, stuff like that. You can vote in our Patreon poll to decide what games we cover on the show and what games I will potentially be streaming on Twitch to get ready for those, which you can interact with me on there as well. You will get a shout out at the end of every episode of Remember the Game, and you can DM with me. I check them every day. I write back to everyone. I don't ignore people. I love talking on there. All that for $2. I know we can hit 200 subscribers. If you've been on the fence, I really need your help now. I promise to give you the best product I possibly can, and I'll show you the love, just like I'm showing to all of our newest Patreons that I should had ready to go so massive thank you to the latest people to sign up for uh over at our patreon yamcha scott brooks leon Nabskog, jeff johnson from game on gnt craig rutt dario omen and travis some of you literally came in and oh yeah and adamo shirelio all you guys have sorry adamo i know i said your last name wrong you've all come in some of you come in the last like 20 minutes but thank you all so much um and if you're thinking two bucks isn't a lot of money it doesn't matter he doesn't care i really do i promise it really it really really matters so uh again go to rememberthegamepodcast.com it's right there on the front page it is my level up plan for remember the game I'm, I'm really pouring my heart out on there you guys i really feel like we have something special here and i posted it on instagram i know this is proving out to be very long i'm sorry uh i know i said it on instagram but like there's so much toxicity and there's hate and politics and just all that shit in the gaming universe and on gaming online i want to get rid of that in our community we don't have that here i want to keep this community not it's not a safe space It's just a fun place. I want it to keep it fun here, you guys, okay? I don't give a shit if you're gay, if you're straight, you're bi, you're a he, a she, a Z, if you're fat, you're skinny, you're tall, you're short, where you live, what you look like, who you want to have sex with, what you want to, I mean, as long as it's, you know, legal. I don't care what you eat. I don't care what music you like. I don't care who you vote for, who you want to vote for. Are you a nice person? Do you like video games? And you are fucking welcome here with me. That's good. Okay, so there you go. So if you normally skip the intro, now you can skip if you want to go uh, to, to go to Double Dash. But I really hope that you indulge me there. I'm I, I feel like a little kid just pouring my heart out to everybody. I got a great feeling about this. We're gonna explode this thing. We are gonna take over the gaming universe as a community, as a group, and I'm so excited to do it with you guys. So with all that said, I am gonna take a quick sip of my ice cold beer. And I'm not gonna edit that out either. You guys are just getting you guys are getting all the dirt. Uh so maybe for the last time I'll remember the game because now it's gonna be on the news show. Let's get into gaming news. Um and again, what you're about to hear is what I plan on doing for the gaming news show. So th- if you want a sample, this is the sample that will be going starting next Friday. Um, it's a good thing I waited so long to record this thing because normally I'd be long done. I would have been done by noon and I would have had to just edit and load it up. But uh, shit has hit the fan at Microsoft. And because I waited, almost like I knew, uh, we get to talk. I didn't know, but we get to talk about it. Uh, if you didn't know, Halo Infinite is no longer. Uh, coming out this year it's just it's been delayed to 2021 it was supposed to be the cornerstone launch title for the Mike, of the xbox series x uh they came out today and said covid is just wreaking havoc on them causing delays the game isn't where they want it to be and uh they're delaying it until 2021 and let's be honest you guys if they fuck this game up after the response halo 5 got halo could be in trouble and xbox desperately needs halo to be good um desperately needs that game to be good i very rarely complain about game delays um shigeru miyamoto who is the creator of mario and zelda and just about every nintendo franchise you love uh said it best a delayed game is eventually good a bad game is bad forever Um, And I would rather wait for a game that rocks my socks than play a Halo that's half-assed and sucks ass and everyone gets angry. And when it's your flagship title and it's the launch title for your new console, it's even more important. They simply can't afford to ship that game broken and not finished. The problem is is that a lot of people were already thinking that maybe they wouldn't buy a Series X. Even if they wanted to play on the Xbox ecosystem, they wouldn't buy a Series X right away because they could play all of the big games that are coming to it on their Xbox One. Microsoft has said for the first year or so, every game coming to the Xbox Series X is gonna be playable on the Xbox One, so you don't have to upgrade right away. Um, and now the big launch title, the, the title that so many people were excited about myself included, uh, people were considering buying a series X for is not going to be ready at launch. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. If I can only afford one system between the series X and the PlayStation five this fall, I was leaning toward the series X and not to shit on Microsoft, but like having halo infinite delayed, Probably sets me at 50 50, and I'm maybe even leaning slightly toward the PlayStation 5 because I wanted to, like, I was willing to upgrade to play a game that I could have played on my Xbox One because I wanted to see what Halo Infinite would look like on next gen hardware. And now that it's not coming out, I mean, unless they've got some amazing fucking game in their back pockets that they're going to drop on us there's really nothing sitting there being like i gotta buy a series x day one so i can see what this game looks like next next gen i mean and if you think it's stuff like cyberpunk sports games things like that i could play those on a playstation 5 plus whatever their big launch title is going to be um so just an absolutely massive blow the series x and if you're sony you are foaming at the fucking mouth right now because you are you could move in for the kill you're going right for the jugular like if sony has got some monster launch title coming with the playstation 5 now right now is the time to announce it fucking kick them when they're down You know, hey, the other guy's big game is late, and you can play the other games that they have on the Xbox you have now. So spend your money on a PlayStation 5 because we have titles you can't be able to play anywhere else, like our launch title, Horizon 2, or fucking whatever Sony's biggest, you know, Ratchet and Clank, or whatever the fuck Sony's big launch title is going to be. Uh, They have got to, now's your chance to fucking go for the kill. And if you're Microsoft, you have got to be absolutely crushed just crushed and then a couple hours after the halo delay announcement came out uh microsoft came out and said that the series x would be available in november still no price still no locked in date no pre-orders just a very random quick announcement it's clearly them trying to save face it's like when you're in an elevator with one other person and you fart and then you just start talking to try to cover up the smell and it's not gonna hide anything but it's better than just standing there looking like an asshole so like that's where they are right now um And that's shitty. I mean, it's the right call. Like I said, if the game won't be ready, do not fuck it up, but it's really shitty. I was really, it was my most anticipated game of the year. was Halo Infinite. And, uh, that, that, that's a kick in the pants. That fucking sucks. Um, and speaking of sucks, let's talk Avengers. Uh, no, I, I like for the record, I like the Avengers a lot. I'm a Marvel guy. I love the Avengers. Most of them. Um, people are freaking out freaking out because avengers is coming out soon on the playstation 4, the xbox one and it turns out that our friendly neighborhood spider-man is only going to be playable on the playstation 4 and playstation 5 versions so anyone that buys the game on xbox or pc or the two stadia owners uh they aren't going to get to play as spider-man uh now listen before you freak out it makes sense Spider-Man was a PS4 exclusive with his kick-ass game. Uh, The the studio head of Crystal Dynamics who's developing the game has said Spider-Man is only going to be on the PlayStation versions because of the existing partnership between Sony and Marvel. So Sony has paid Marvel to have Spider-Man at some point. I'm not going to pretend to be an insider. I don't know all the details. Sony has paid to have Spider-Man on the PlayStation. He was there with his own game. And so it makes sense why he would only be available in the Avengers game. And some people don't care. Some people don't care at all. Uh, Some people get that exclusives have always been a thing. This is not the first time this has happened, that a playable character is only on one console. Some people think it sucks, uh, but whatever. Some people are just furious. It's been a very mixed bag. I have an opinion that I'm going to share with you in a minute, but I did ask the Remember the Game listeners what they thought uh, over on the old Patreon service, and here's what a few of you guys had to say. Charlie M wrote in, and he said, the exclusive thing is nothing new, even in this form, uh, like Star Fox being in Starlink, Link in Soul Calibur. I will say those are a little different, a little, I'm not trying to be that guy, the actually nerd, but like, I guess maybe those are a little different because like Nintendo owns Star Fox and Link already. They didn't pay, Nintendo didn't pay Nintendo to have those, those characters. Nintendo owns those characters and lent them to those game developers to put them in their game or licensed them or whatever so that those games would sell on the switch so a little different but i get what you're trying to say it's not the first time this has happened charlie continues and says the di- oh <laughs> um as i fucking did a, my little rant there to try to correct charlie the next sentence in charlie's letter is the difference is sony doesn't own spider-man for video game production that would be disney so uh never mind all the shit i said this is why i'll just read letters in uh, in their entirety before i weigh in my apologies charlie uh, Charlie said, who knows? Maybe there was a backroom deal like Spider-Man would be in the next Avengers if they let them do this. I don't know if they're willing to pay. I guess it's their right. It just sucks for gamers, even PlayStation gamers, because he can't be that important of addition to the story. If he's exclusive, Xbox has game pass. Sony and Nintendo have exclusive. That's how they compete. It sucks for consumers, but maybe at least it's good for competition. Competition leads to innovation, better games, or one can hope at least. Uh, And then he quickly said on a related note, it's amazing and weird that we can play as Crash Bandicoot, Spyro and Sonic on a Nintendo system. And I agree. uh, All those guys being on a Nintendo system is weird, but they should also all be in Smash, particularly Crash Bandicoot. Fucking get on it. But I agree with Charlie. The competition um, isn't just a good thing. It's a necessary thing. And that's something that people freaking out of exclusives need to remember. He's right. Nintendo has their exclusives like Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, all that stuff. Sony has their exclusives like God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us, and apparently Spider-Man. And Xbox, like they have their exclusives too, but they're a mile behind the other companies. What they have to offer us is Game Pass. You need each system to have something that sets it apart. Otherwise, they don't have to all exist. We just have one system. And if you're thinking that would be awesome, it would suck because they would absolutely have every gamer in the world bent over a barrel. Game Pass wouldn't exist if Xbox was the only system. They wouldn't have to give us a great bargain on all those games. They could charge us full price because that would be our only option. Sony probably wouldn't have shelled out the money to get their hands on Spider-Man if they were the only system because they wouldn't have to. We would just have to play whatever they give us. PlayStation Now, all those types of things, you guys. It sucks. But you got to remember that stuff like this, stuff like exclusives, keeps these companies trying to one-up each other to get our money, and we're the ones that win. This is why we get sales. This is why we get stuff like Game Pass. Um, It has its pluses. I get why it sucks, but competition is necessary. We would be in a far worse position if there was only one system or every game was on every system. We would be completely fucked. I'm telling you. Uh, And a quick side note on Sony... Uh, Evan wrote in and said, uh, Hot take, Sony's exclusive catalog, games, characters, etc. is as strong as Nintendo's. Um, <laughs> I was ready to tell you that no it isn't and no they don't but uh, it's it's fucking closer than I thought like Nintendo's exclusive have that nostalgic charm that Sony doesn't and I think that's might be why they have the edge but like I have a PlayStation 4 under my TV and I only use it to play exclusives like Last of Us, Uncharted, Final Fantasy 7 uh, so yeah you're right their exclusives are very very good they made me shell out their money to get their console just to play them so yeah fair enough uh, but getting back to Avengers uh, Charlie mentioned that Spider-Man wouldn't be a big deal um, because he's an exclusive and they can't possibly be putting that much time into his storyline if he's only going to be available on some copies of the game and Luca wrote in and said not at all surprised by this giving Disney's greed the Avengers game looks like microtransaction filled trash anyway so it's not like making Spider-Man available on all platforms will convince me to buy it but it does suck for the people who are looking forward to this game uh, the point was also made by someone on another gaming podcast that if Spider-Man is not in every version of the game, then he can't be that important to the story. This is the exact problem that affected Javik from Mass Effect 3, a character that should have been really interesting but was locked behind a pre-order bonus, so he ended up being boring and one-dimensional so his removal didn't mess with the story. That's a fucking great, great email, a great letter, whatever you want to call it, and I'm like going to lie you, I never even thought of it. Uh, But you're totally right. It's one thing when a beat-em-up like Marvel Alliance with a minimal story has exclusive characters. But if this tries to be story-driven, Spider-Man isn't going to matter that much because he's only going to be available in 40 to 50% of all copies sold. And I'll be honest with you guys, Spider-Man and Venom are my two favorite characters and I'd be a little pissed if I bought the PlayStation version for this one. I'd prefer to play it on my Xbox so that I could play as Spider-Man and then all I got was some shitty 20-minute side mission. So, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I, I think you guys are right. I think that this is going to end up not only pissing off Xbox gamers because they can't play as Spider-Man, I think it's going to end up pissing off some PlayStation gamers because they're going to the Spider-Man uh, levels, inclusion or whatever, is not going to be very good. And then, uh, finally, Robert uh, wrote in and said, "...exclusives work to a point. Nintendo has kept its exclusives uh, close and constantly used them." Or update them. Switch ports. Uh, so I'm stumbling all over the place here. I'm sorry. Let me start this over. Robert wrote in: Nintendo has kept its exclusives close and constantly used them, or update them. Uh, it would be foolish of them to open the doors and let Microsoft or Sony use Nintendo or use Mario or Link. Those characters helped build Nintendo into what it is today and helped them knock out many consoles from the wars. Looking at you, Sega kids. <laughs> uh, he didn't say that part. That was me. And his email isn't over, but I agree. Uh, the minute Mario shows up on PlayStation, Nintendo is finished as a first-party company. I love them, but the only reason we buy Nintendo systems is to play those games. So no, you're right. Mario is never going to show up on a PlayStation system ever. Uh, and now to go back to Robert's email... I feel that we are currently in a time where there are no wars, just consumers looking to get the console they'll enjoy the most for the next seven years. Saying that, I think exclusives are trash. Why the fuck would you want to limit your potential income in hopes that someone might purchase your console to play one game? Maybe one game is all they need to jump to console ships. To me, it makes sense to cover more of the market than just who whatever millions you've got on your console. Sure, you might not get the thousand console sales, but you might get an additional million units sold of your game. I get what he's saying. If you keep a game locked in on one system, maybe a thousand more people will buy your system to play it. But if you put your game on everything, a million more copies of the game might sell. I get what you're saying there. To further touch on exclusives, so many games are staying exclusive for a year or less and then jumping over to PC or other consoles. Horizon, Death Stranding, Cuphead, Tomb Raider, etc. As for the new Avengers game, I don't know a damn thing about it. The whole Marvel Universe is so spread out that I can't even find time or energy to figure out who owns what at this point. Now I'm going to take my old ass back to my rocket chair on my porch, shake a stick, and yell at kids to get off my lawn. Um, Now, I don't necessarily agree with you here. Uh, and listen, and this is just my opinion, and I'm an idiot, but if you're if you're a game developer, you're right. It makes no sense to lock your game on one console when you could put it everywhere and sell as many copies as possible. unless, unless, the owner of that console, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, is paying you to keep your game exclusive to their system, which sometimes happens. Maybe they pay them outright. Maybe they pay their, cover some of the development costs. Maybe they help them publish it. You know what I mean? Like They're not going to just lock their game to a third of market share in one system unless there's something in it for them. Um, and in this case, Sony is paying for Spider-Man, not Square Enix or whoever it is that's making the Avengers game. It's Sony. That has paid for Spider-Man. So if you're the developer making this game, let Sony foot the bill and just do whatever they want. If Sony's like, hey, listen, we got an extra amount of money. Uh, We're going to cover the Spider-Man bill. We've got the rights to Spider-Man. We'll throw you a little bit extra cash. Put Spider-Man in our copy of the game. There's nothing wrong with that. That's Sony taking care of them. There's no way that Square Enix is shelling out the cash to build Spider-Man's part of Avengers and then being told they can only sell it to 40% of the audience. They are getting paid to put Spider-Man in that, or at least the costs are being covered, no doubt in my mind. Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo need to do something to convince you to buy their systems and their games over others. Okay, exclusives suck because you got to buy a $400 console to play a game, but they keep these three companies competing, which is good for us. Like I said earlier, if everything was on everything, we'd have one system. We'd never get sales. We'd get no innovation. They're the only option in town. They don't have to try. Look at WWE right now. If you're a pro wrestling fan, wrestling and WWE has never been worse, but they don't have to try right now because they don't have any competition. They've just given up. They're rich. It doesn't matter. We don't want that in gaming. We want WCW and ECW to fight with WWE. We want them trying to compete to earn our money. You know, if Samsung didn't make their phones, the iPhone would be a shell of what it is. The two of them are constantly upping each other's game because they're forcing each other to try harder to earn our money. Okay. I hate having to own three systems to play everything. I hate it. It's very expensive. It's a pain in the ass, but I prefer that to one system giving me eight boring games a year at full price and telling me I can take it or leave it. You know, this is just, it's good for us. I get why it sucks, but it's good for us, you guys. And like you guys have said, each company has something different to contribute right now. The PlayStation, the Xbox, and Nintendo are three very different systems, which is great for all of us, but that's why we have the exclusives. And as far as my opinion on this whole thing, I know this has been very long, you guys. I'm sorry. I just, I really wanted to touch on it. As far as my opinion on the whole Spider-Man exclusivity to the PlayStation versions of Avengers, I don't really care. I guess if I pick it up, I'm going to get it for the PlayStation. Um, but that's just the business. I don't like it, but I like what the competition does for us. And I would like to point out, I would. This is my opinion. I would like to point out, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've barely heard a word about this fucking game until that Spider-Man announcement. We all knew this game was coming. Avengers was announced a long time ago, but everyone was hot and horny over the new systems and Cyberpunk, and nobody gave us shit. I haven't seen anyone say Avengers is their most anticipated game of the year. Nobody was talking about it till they had a reason to be angry. And frankly, I'm skeptical of this game as a whole. Because for every Batman, Arkham City, or Spider-Man game we get, we get a couple piece of shit licensed games that suck taint and are 20 bucks a month after they come out, and they're no good, and they're just a waste of time, and they piss everybody off. And quite frankly, I'm not saying that's what Avengers is going to be, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that's what it turns out to be. So let's just wait and see on this thing. If you want to play a Spider-Man, and all you have is an Xbox, that sucks. But if you're anyone else, just wait and see what happens. I bet you can play this game for $30 by Christmas if you want to. And there's a definite chance this game lets us all down, anyways. It's certainly not going to be as good as Spider Man or Batman, okay? I, I'm just, I bet my GameCube on it. We would have seen more by now. There'd be more hype about it if it was going to be that good. So that's the biggest news. This is a long fucking intro. I'm very sorry. This is why we're switching over to a gaming news show. Um, the this that's the biggest news in game in this right now the exclusive thing is a fan, is an absolutely fascinating debate i could talk about it forever maybe that would make a great episode of expansion pass down the road uh but we're gonna get to get to getting on here before i get into what i've been playing and we talk mario kart i have one more comment i want to read so quickly it's letter time it's letter time and i'm so bad at singing that Doug Dorn wrote in, and Doug said, "Uh, how about Rockstar continuing to milk the cash cow that is Grand Theft Auto 5 by releasing it again for the PlayStation 5? The last time we got a genuinely new GTA title was the PlayStation 3. That's a whole generation on re-release and constant DLC for the online. And as someone that loves the GTA games, the idea of paying for yet another re-polish of the game on a new console really leaves me cold toward the series and Rockstar in general. Maybe by the time my toddler is 18, we might actually have have Grand Theft Auto six. Um, you may not be wrong about your toddler being 18 when Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out. I don't think we're seeing that game anytime soon. and you're right, it has been a long time, but and this goes back to the Halo Infinite delay, when was the last time a GTA game came out that wasn't universally praised? rockstar knows what they're doing they put years into their games their games are always fantastic rock solid and you got to remember that since grand theft auto 5 first released they developed and released red dead redemption 2 which is quite the undertaking in itself i'm sure that game took years those games are fucking massive and they know goddamn well that when grand theft auto 6 finally comes out the expectations are going to be almost unreachably high that game has to be perfect For them to get away with, like it's got to just be mint. So they need to take their time and get it right. Plus, you got to remember, COVID isn't doing them any favors at all. I'm sure that we weren't going to get it this year even without COVID, but I guarantee you that that's delaying it further so. Um, if I had to guess jokes aside, you'll see GTA six mid next generation, a few years into the PlayStation five series X, we will get GTA six, which might be a bit, it's not going to be a bad thing. It's going to give rockstar more time to learn the ins and outs of the hardware and the new kits and the, what they can do with these new consoles. I promise that, that it's going to be worth the wait. GTA six. And I don't even like GTA very much, but GTA six is going to kick ass. I promise. And as far as releasing GTA five, a hundred times, <laughs> like you're not wrong, but it keeps selling. It is the third best-selling game ever after Tetris and Minecraft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And they got to fund GTA 6 somehow, so keep selling GTA 5, you know? And if I have a beef with the GTA 5 re-release, it's that I want it on Switch. And I don't care what you say. If Witcher 3 can run on the Switch, GTA 5 can, no doubt. Witcher 3 on Switch is like the man on the moon argument. Now that they've done that, everything they don't do, it's like, well, if you could do this, why can't you do this? That's what Witcher 3 on Switch is. But I want GTA 5 on Switch. Okay. Fuck me. I'm so sorry. This was longer than a normal intro, but I had to get the level up plan out of the way. And then I really wanted to talk about the Avengers thing and the Xbox delay. Let me get into what I've been playing and we'll get a double dash. I'm going to try to do it in 90 seconds or less. What have I been playing? I don't have to rush. It's my fucking podcast. You're not going anywhere. If you're listening to this, you're probably in the car or at work or something. Anyway, well, what have I been playing over the last seven days? Conker's bad fur day. I've finally done it um i have some incredibly mixed opinions both very positive and very negative on it but i'm going to save them all for the upcoming episode remember the game that we're going to be doing about Conquerors bad fur day hint hint um i'm also still working through pokemon emerald which won our, our patreon poll last month it's fun i love old school pokemon i just feel like there's a lot of fluff in it like it just there's a lot that just i just doesn't feel necessary it's not bad it just seems like it's been added in for no reason uh we'll get more into that on the episode as well but like yeah yeah again the game is fun all the extra crap kind of sucks Um, And then I've been dinking around with Mario Kart Double Dash to get ready for this, and it has been absolutely delightful, so let's get into it. Episode 110 is finally here, Mario Kart Double Dash, for my money, the most underrated game in the Mario Kart series. It gets hate, I don't know why, it's on the GameCube, it's Mario Kart, I don't know what else you could possibly want. Uh, I'm all alone this week, normally we record game discussions weeks earlier, and then I just edit them into the current podcast, but this time I'm going to be doing it live almost i'm going to play some music and literally in about 30 seconds when i cut that music off i'm going to tell you all about mario kart double dash which originally released on the cube of games for nintendo on november 7th 2003 kickback relax thanks for listening to this long intro let's talk double dash here we go I'm a Mario Kart junkie. No question. I've never hidden it. I am a complete and total homer for Mario Kart. I definitely want to do a ranking episode of the Mario Kart games on Expansion Pass eventually. And like I just said a few minutes ago, Double Dash is the most underrated game in the series, in my opinion. And I, not even close, quite frankly. Um, and just quickly, like it's on GameCube. And that alone is like, I don't understand how Double Dash takes all the shit that it is. And it's as underrated as it is when everybody seems to love the GameCube. Right? Like not every I mean, everybody loves the SNES and everyone loves the NES. People could take or leave the Nintendo sixty four. People could take or leave the Wii. Excuse me, myself included. Most people have reeled off the Wii U. The Switch seems pretty universally praised. But the the GameCube is just that like It's like the little... It's the Jughead. It's the cool kid in the Nintendo series that everybody seems to like. The values of it are exploding right now of the system and the games. Everyone seems to be buying it up and collecting it. Everyone seemed to love it at the time. Everyone loves it now. But for some reason, Mario Kart Double Dash just gets shit on all the time. And I don't know why. It's really fucking good. I don't get it. It has one major flaw, which I'll get to and, do, and it's not even a major flaw. It's a minor flaw that has stunk ever since it happened and it keeps showing up in Mario Kart games. It's my one beef and I'll get to it near the end because I'd like to start out with all the fun positive stuff because there's way more of that. Um I got to say first and foremost, if by chance you've never played Double Dash uh, it's it focuses on a two racer per cart mechanic. So you don't just pick your, your racer and pick a cart and play. You pick two racers, you form a team and then you pick a cart and then you play. And the two racers you pick play a huge role in the strategy and how your cart works. Uh, it's, I'm not going to lie to you guys. If it seems like I really focus on the two driver aspect of the game in this episode, it's because it's absolutely the standout key feature of the game that frankly I'm surprised they never brought back. I'm really shocked. Like, I can't, like, at least make it an option. Like, when Mario Kart 9 eventually comes out, hopefully the holidays, because if it does, I called it. I fucking called it. I called it. I want Mario Kart 9 this holidays. If Mario Kart 9... I felt like Donald Trump there. If Mario Kart 9 comes out this holiday, put the double dash mechanic back in. Make it optional. Just make it a mode where you could pick two racers and have them switch because I fucking love it. And I suppose you could say that they eliminated the need for it because like with Mario Kart 8, you can pick up two items and you have one uh, like in your hand and then you've got a spare item in the back. And that was what was so rad about Double Dash and the items. We'd never seen that before. Granted there wasn't nearly as many Mario Kart games as there is now, but you had two racers which meant you could have two items. So drive over a box with with Mario driving and then as soon as he picks up his item, flip them and then have somebody like who Luigi or whoever the fuck your partner is drive over a box and he gets a second item. And then you there's a lot of strategy like a lot Like I'm I I know I'm talking over myself, but like I can't overemphasize the strategy that goes into that if you're a hardcore Mario Kart player. You've picked up one guy and he's got a red shell. Throw them in the front where it's protected. Let the other person pick up an item and maybe they'll get a banana peel. And then you can use the banana peel to protect your lead and keep that red shell in the bank in case somebody blows past you. It completely changed the dynamic of the game. And like I said, maybe in the modern games, you could argue you don't need the two drivers because every individual character can carry two items. But I also just love the idea of building a team out of any two players. Like I, you can make a team out of anybody. And I think that's really fun. Like, it defaults makes teams like Mario Luigi, Peach and Daisy, Bowser Bowser Jr, Bo- uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, you know, like like that Wario and Waluigi. Like it obviously defaults people to the partners that they'd be rolling with, but you can pick any two players you want. And forget the idea that you can have two different items and stuff like that. I just think it's a lot of fun. You know, I can play Bowser's my favorite character, so I can pick Bowser, but then I don't want to get stuck with Bowser Jr. I don't have to. I can pair him up with Wario or I can pair him up with with Mario and make that team, you know what I mean? It's a lot of fun to mix and match different teams, and it completely changes the stats of your cart. If you take two heavyweights, like I was playing the other day as Bowser and Wario, and you you, I think you could pick from three carts once you build a team of two drivers. And uh, it didn't matter which card I picked. All three had crazy high uh, top speed, but crazy low acceleration because the two guys on my cart being Bowser and Wario are like a combined 8,000 pounds. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if I want to play as Bowser and fucking Toad, then I can suddenly, I lose a little bit of that top speed, but I pick up a little bit of acceleration because Toad isn't nearly as heavy as Wario is. And there's a lot of mixing and matching there. And if you don't think those stats matter, then you're a very casual Mario Kart player and you don't you don't focus on the strategy aspect because I'm fucking telling you right now, if you can get good with two heavyweights, you can own that game. But if you're not very, very good, two heavyweights will completely fuck you because every time you get hit by an item or go off the track, you have to get going again and it fucking takes forever. Forever. And an additional bonus of being able to pick a team of any two players you want is that every character has its own special item in here, which I love. I fucking love that like if you remember Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo the one that started it all each of the eight characters in that game had a unique item I mean like a couple of them had you know like Toad and Princess Peach both had poison mushrooms is that but but each character had an item that only them or like their class could use and the unfortunate thing was that when you played as that character you lost access to the special item which kind of sucked but I don't know why I still don't know why they did that but fucking whatever in this game every character gets a special item and you can use their special item and I fucking not only do I love love that because it makes each character a little bit more unique but it adds another layer of depth to the teams that you build. And because you can... Don't pick two of the same... Because every every pairing... Both have the same special item. So Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong... Both have the giant banana peel. And, and Wario and Waluigi... Both have bombs. And Mario and Luigi... Both have fireballs. So the two characters in that class... Have the same item. So that's another reason... Why you don't want to pick two characters... In the same class. Mix it up so you get access... To two special items. I think a fantastic combination... Is to roll a Bowser or I guess Bowser Jr., but you're going to use Bowser. Um, and then pair them up with like a Diddy Kong, because Diddy Kong offsets Bowser's weight, and then they're not quite as slow as they normally would be, because you have a light guy with a heavy guy. Bowser's special item is a giant Spike Koopa shell, which is great for both playing defense, throwing it behind you, or shooting it right out in front of you to try to catch up to someone near the end, and it's really hard to miss, because the shell is literally half the width of the track. And then Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong drop a giant banana peel, and when somebody hits it, it explodes into three little banana peels. So... If you pair Bowser up with Diddy Kong, their weights balance each other as far as the stats of your cart, and there are two special items play off each other perfectly. Bowser gets his giant spiky shell; it's good for trying to catch up to people or throwing behind you to play defense. Diddy Kong gets this giant banana; kind of sucks for throwing in front of you to catch people, but it is the perfect defensive weapon when you're in the lead. If you pair Donkey Kong with Diddy Kong, both of them just get these stupid giant banana peels, and while it's great if you're in the lead and you're just trying to play defense, it is fucking useless. For a last minute comeback. So I'm really shocked. That they don't do more of a job. Of trying to get you to make random pairings. I'm really blown away by that. And what I say that they don't try. Say you pick. Wario and peach that's your team then they'll make waluigi team up with daisy because they're that was wario and peach's two respective partners but the rest of the teams just stay with their partners mario races with luigi bowser races with bowser jr and so to me that's not like i want to see random combinations do you know what I mean? Like to, I think they should just throw everyone in a pot and fucking draw out two random players and that's the team and that should be every team, every computer control team in the Grand Prix and I mean obviously you're going to build it out of your team because that would be encouraging you to experiment with different combinations and different weight classes and different special items and stuff like that and I, I I, love the mechanic as you can probably tell from the last seven or eight minutes of me blowing smoke up this game's ass but I'm really shocked that they didn't push it home more because to me it would have absolutely like, I really think there's a lot of people that either wrote this game off or just didn't give that two racer mechanic the respect it deserves when it was such a huge game chaser or chaser changer like such a huge deal. And here's the thing I know a lot of people shit on Mario Kart and they say that it's all become about luck. Uh, Which I disagree with, for the record. I mean, the Super Nintendo version, there was no blue shell. That game was fucking strategy out the ass. And you can absolutely argue that the more modern games have become more of a... No matter what position you're in, the items will bring you back into the race. But there's still, like, I win quite a bit. I don't mean to flex, because I suck at 90% of video games. But I win quite a bit when I play Mario Kart 8 online. And there's no... It's not like I'm just the luckiest guy in the world like the you see the same racers when you play online winning over and over and over again there's certainly a layer of skill to it and I feel like this game really tried to put a huge layer of skill into it with the doubling mechanic and the and the combining of items and stuff like that and frankly I don't think the game does a very good job of pushing that point home and a lot of people may have slept on the strategic uh, advantages that go into building the right team of the right two racers and they were just picking their favorite team or their favorite two characters which is nothing wrong with that either but when you get up to that 150cc and particularly into the uh, the special cup and the, like, the all-star cup or whatever the fuck it's called which I'll get into in a second those strategies really Matter and they really should have done a better job of pushing that home. But either way, I still love the double team mechanic and I need a sip of my beer. This is a lot of talking for one person. Fuck me. I need another partner. Um, I lost my, tr- oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I did. I lost my train. Of- <laughs> I swear to God, if you pay for the show, it's usually... Well, no, it's not usually better than this. You guys know what to fucking expect by now. I- oh, yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. You can see all the items everybody's holding. That was something new to Mario Kart at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so as you drive by, like say you're neck and neck with another pairing of a cart, you can see the item that the guy at the back is holding. And I love that concept as well because you can strategically play it. If you see that the cart you're about to pass is holding a red Koopa Troopa shell... Fucking hold back. You know what I mean? Maybe see if somebody else passes and gets beaten by that red shell and then you can go. If you see that all they have is a banana peel, fucking blow by them because all they're going to be able to do is try to throw that banana peel in front of you and that shit's easy. Everybody can dodge that stuff. So that's another thing that like, I know by today's standards doesn't seem like a big deal, but back then, again, as a Mario Kart purist and as someone that takes a lot of pride in being good and loving the deep mechanics of the game, that's a huge fucking thing. That is it. That's a big fucking deal that really changes the way that you play the game. And another thing I love about the doubling mechanic and the two cart, the two racers per cart thing is that if you're playing with someone that's less good, uh, like my English is not that good, if you play with someone that's not as good at the game as you, uh, it can really suck. Like, I mean, Mario Kart 8 is one of my favorite video games of all time. But like my girlfriend and I don't play it together because without trying to like, I'm not trying to slam her or anything, but she's not nearly as good at Mario Kart as me. So it's no fun. I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna we either play on fifty CC so she can keep up, but then I work everybody, or we play it on the higher difficulties, and I get I have a competitive game, but she gets completely blown out of the water. One of the one of the most underutilized aspects of this game is that with the double. Two racer mechanic. You could play two people on the same cart. So now I can play this game with my girlfriend, and it doesn't matter that she's not very good because I can drive and she can work the back and throw items and stuff like that. And when we have a comfortable lead or we want to switch it up, we tag and I'll throw items and she can drive. And then if we if she starts getting frustrated or falling behind, we tag back out. You know what I mean? If you've got a a young child that wants to play your video games with you, or fucking you know a a little brother, a little sister, or a spouse that's not as good at video games, or just a friend that's not very good at Mario Kart you can absolutely enjoy this game together and there I should have said that right off the top that's why we need the two racer per cart mechanic back it levels the playing field and it lets you play together and it's fun and dude you can play four players and have two people on one kart and two people on the other cart, and that's really fun if you have two people that are really good and two people that aren't very good instead of the two people that are really good working over the other two and then battling with each other split into two teams but a good player with a bad player. And now it's level and it's fun. That's such a big deal. I can't believe I didn't think of that while I was writing notes for this. How the fuck is that not a thing in today's game? Like, I would love it. My I, I play so much Mario Kart 8. And I would love it if my girlfriend could hop onto my cart with me and we could fucking race online together and just, you know what I mean? Like be part of the team or when I'm hanging out with my nieces and my nephews and my six-year-old niece or I don't remember how old she is right now. It doesn't, she's not listening to this. Ben, my nephew might be. But anyway, if my niece or one of my younger nephews wants to play with me instead of doing the classic hand them an unplugged controller and laugh at them while they think they're playing, which we all have done, they could actually play. I would just throw them on the back of the cart and be like, dude, you're in charge of the items. I'll drive. Do you know what I mean? such a fucking great mechanic and I don't get why it hasn't come back and I don't get why people hate this game this should be I don't know I'd have to really think about it before I did my Mario Kart rankings and where I would rank this game but I would legitimately put this as probably in my top three Mario Kart games and it's all because of that double dash, the double dash, the the double character mechanic. I mean, the, the courses are rad. The game looks fun. There's a couple other things I'm going to get into in a second that I really like, but it's all about that two player on the same cart mechanic. It's like playing a pro wrestling game and being able to do tag team matches. I don't get why. This should just be a thing now. It should have been a thing ever since this game. Because if the GameCube could handle it, other systems are more powerful than the GameCube. I'm sure they can handle it. This should have just been an option. Don't make it mandatory. It should just be an option. Tag teams. That should have just been something you could fucking do. I don't get why it's not. God damn it. Now I'm riled up. I was so happy and so positive. And now I'm starting to get a little bit riled up. And it started to piss me off. Um, a couple of the criticisms I do have before I get into the rest of the stuff I like and then I'll get into the one thing I hate the most. But a couple of the small criticisms I have, when you power slide in this game, which is, again, even if you're not a diehard Mario Kart, super strategical Mario Kart player, you all know just how important power sliding around corners is. You don't hop, and I don't understand why. Like, when you go to do your slide, you just slide, and it doesn't really change how you slide at all. And I'm sure, like, when I was playing this game in its prime, and I I was fucking like i'm boxing in the air like when i was in shape and i was the rocky of mario kart that didn't matter but now i'm like the old fat guy just digging it out for one last race and when i go to power slide if my cart doesn't do that little hop before the sparks start flying up it completely fucks with my head and it fucks with my timing and i and it i'm sure you would get used to it but i i just i can't fathom why they didn't think it'd be a good idea to put that hop in there. I just don't, that literally existed in Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. The left and right triggers made you do that tiny little hop before you started power sliding. I just don't get why that wasn't in this game. That makes no fucking sense to me. And another thing I don't like about this game, this is from a strategical standpoint, and I can't, I can't remember if Mario Kart 64 had this or not. So if it didn't, then maybe they just hadn't come up with the plan yet. But you can't drag items behind you. And that is absolutely my favorite thing that has come of a Mario Kart game is that you can just, if you hold, like if you have a banana peel or shell or fucking whatever, as long as you hold the item button, but don't let go, and maybe you didn't know this, the item will just drag behind your cart and you can play complete defense. If someone throws a shell at you, drag that banana peel behind you and 90% of the time that shell will hit the banana peel instead of you and you'll lose your banana peel, but you'll keep going. In this game, you can't do that. And I... I was ready to fucking rip on it, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I can't remember if that mechanic had been introduced into Mario Kart yet. So if it hadn't been introduced yet, I guess I'll give it a pass, but it like should have been in since the very beginning. Whoever thought of that deserves a raise because that is a game changer for the strategy of Mario Kart, and that should have always been a thing. And on that note, another criticism I have of this game is when you get hit by an item, I really feel, and maybe... I'm over... Maybe it's just in my head, but I really feel like the fucking damage takes forever. Like, like, because you have the two racers, when you get hit by some stuff, you just fly up in the air and they both scream and then you come down and then you keep going. But sometimes when you get hit, the back racer falls off the cart and their feet just drag on the ground and they hold on. And like, that animation fucking goes forever. I don't know if you remember this or not, but that probably goes on for... It's gotta be like fucking five six seconds which is too long that is too long particularly when i hit fucking uh, computer players with like a shell and they explode and i don't even make ground because they're fucking gone again already and i'm really i'm maybe it's just me doing the classic adam rage at a game where i'm like this is just cheap and garbage but it really feels like the, the human control players struggle longer when they get hit by items and it's so frustrating you got like Fuck me. I get, like, I get hit by an item. That's fine. Give me 2 or 3 seconds to get my guy back up and go again. Don't make it fucking drag out forever. So if you ever do bring the 2 player mechanic back, just fuck around. Let the I don't give a shit if they drag back there for 10 seconds. Let them drag back there. Maybe eliminate my ability to use items because my character's dragging behind the cart, but don't fucking slow me down for 10 seconds or whatever the fuck it is. Particularly when you like to play as the heavyweights like me because their acceleration sucks so much ass, I can't Can't drag items behind me to protect myself so i get hit by something and it literally like four carts will go flying past because not only do i have to wait for whoever's on the back of my cart to get back on the cart but now i've got to go through that whole fucking slow acceleration again it just feels very unbalanced you know what i mean like if this game came out today and it was on a system with internet access i feel like they could patch it in and change it but back then on the fucking gamecube it was one and done and it takes forever I was getting so mad and I wasn't even playing it very seriously. I was just playing it to refresh it in my mind and I was having a great time and I can look past the hop on the power slide um because again you get used to that pretty quick i think and i can semi look past not being able to drag items behind myself because i don't think that was invented yet so that's (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like that would be like complaining that this game isn't available to play online when online wasn't on the gamecube like i can't get angry about that but this fucking mechanic of how long it takes your guys to get back in the cart after you get hit i can fucking complain about that because that is unbalanced it is cheap and it needed to be fixed and it wasn't fixed and it's bullshit drinking some beer these solo uh, episodes they're just so much they're a whole um, maybe they don't seem like a different ball game to you guys but it is a whole different adventure on my end of the thing here fuck me it just goes forever um particularly when i record the intro minutes before i record the beef of the show um one of the controls also they they just i don't want to shit on them because they're not bad but they don't feel tight, they just feel a little loose, I had a very hard time dodging items, I don't know if that's me being out of practice, I don't remember that being an issue when I played the game the first time, so it's probably what it is, plus like, and this is not fair to Double Dash, or to any Mario Kart game quite frankly, uh, Mario Kart 8 has just set the bar so fucking high, hasn't it, like, it's so hard to go back to some of the old ones, because Mario Kart 8 is is, leg- is perfect it's it's legitimately perfect the part of the reason i have never and will never review mario kart 8 on this show is because i don't want to get away from my no game other than super mario world gets a perfect score rule and i probably would have to give mario kart 8 a perfect score and so it's really difficult to go back to older versions of the series after the series has peaked um the controls just don't feel quite as crisp but again it might just be that I'm out of practice. The GameCube traditionally had very good controls. And that goes back to my rant at the beginning of this where I was like, fucking the GameCube is so sick. I mean, there's a reason people still play Super Smash Brothers melee to this day. The, and I mean Mario, Mario Golf is awesome. Mario tennis is awesome on this game. Mario Soccer is sick. Wind Waker. I know you could complain about some of the swimming mechanics or the boating mechanics, but the game handles like a million bucks, thousand-year door. That GameCube, there's a reason the GameCube controller keeps getting released for people to play Smash today because it was so tight and compact. Even sitting there playing it yesterday, Double Dash, I was like, fuck, this controller feels good in my hands. And that's why I was getting a little bit frustrated that I just couldn't, like, I I just couldn't get a feel for the drifting and the controls. But I I don't want to sit on the game for that because I think that's just me getting old and senile and falling out of practice and having Mario Kart 8 fucking spoil me. So I'm not going to shit on it too much for that. Now to get back to the positive stuff, this game has some kick-ass tracks. Like, I I saw a review of Double Dash while I was getting ready for this that literally said something like, other than the two-player mechanic, it didn't add anything fancy. It's very forgettable. And I'm like, you're fucking high! If that's what you think, this has some of the best tracks in the history of Mario Kart. And the tracks are a huge deal in a Mario Kart by Mario Kart. If you're kicking the games one at a time, game by game basis, tracks make a phenomenal, phenomenal difference in where that game ranks in Mario Kart's all time rankings. And some of the tracks in this game, I don't know if, and I hope I bring some memories back to some of you with this. Um, uh, DK mountain is rad as fuck. That's the one where you start out kind of the jungle and you only race for like 10 seconds. And then you drive into a classic giant DK barrel and it shoots you way up to the top of this mountain. And then you race down the mountain. Um that's a fucking great idea. That's so rad. Like in Mario Kart 8, one of my favorite tracks is uh Wario the like the skiing one. Where you stop at the top, you start at the top of a ski hill and you just race to the bottom. It's one giant lap. And that's kind of what this is, but you do do the three laps. It shoots you up to the top of the mountain, you race down the mountain and then you get shot back up. And that is such a clever mechanic. All they would have had to do is put a jungle. Dude, games after this Put in jungle tracks where all you do is rip around one giant jungle. But this one was like, no, let's shoot him to the top of the mountain. He fucking races. And the race down the mountain is awesome. And then you go back up the mountain. That's a fucking sick idea and one of the better tracks in this game. It has two city tracks, Mushroom Bridge and Mushroom City, which are both like Toad's Turnpike from the Nintendo 64. Where I I fucking love these types of tracks, where you race in a city around cars on roads and you drop like you're it's like it's like New Donk City in Mario Odyssey. I love it when they do that kind of stuff. It literally feels like you're racing through like downtown New York or whatever. Um, Two of the better tracks in the game by far. And for my money, the standout track in Mario Kart Double Dash, bar none, is Daisy Cruiser. Uh, and you, I guarantee you, once I describe it, you remember it if you don't already. You race on a cruise ship. The whole race is just on a giant cruise ship, and you start it up on the deck, and then you go down into the cruise ship, and you go around, like, a pool, and you go through, like, a banquet room where you have to dodge all these tables that are set up for, like, a diet meal, and then you can fall down into, like, the engine room of the ship if you want. It's kind of—I don't think it's a shortcut. I think it's actually slower, but you go that, and then you come back up onto the deck of the ship. Fucking so sick. I Dude, I'm telling you, like, I—, I I mean, I love Double Dash already, but I forgot how many kick-ass tracks are in this game, particularly when some games kind of churn out some boring... Every game has some great tracks. Every game has some duds. And this game's got a few dud tracks as well, including the dud track, which I'm going to get into in about 30 seconds. But most of the tracks in this game are fucking sick. And there's four cups. There's the original three, plus the final cup with its Rainbow Road and its Bowser's Castle and stuff like that, which is so sick. And you can play them on 50, 100, 150. Then you get the mirror. And then if you can gold, three-star, all of those... Uh, I think yeah, it's just, I don't think there's three stars. You just get the gold trophy. If you get the gold trophy in all those, then you unlock like this ultimate circuit where you literally play all 16 courses in the game in a giant grand prix, which is really something they should be doing in more of these games. I don't get why they're not. I mean, it's a little frustrating when you play out 16 races, it takes like an hour, and then you get second by like two points because you had one bad race. So, I mean, it's a little frustrating, but I would rather take that frustration and have this mode back. Every Mario Kart game moving forward should end with a giant circuit where you race through every track in the game and if you think it's too long or it's too many races then just fucking give me a save point where i can stop in the middle or something like that but this should be a normal thing i thought that was such a killer idea and another fucking sick thing this is going longer than i thought another sick thing this game does is every time you finish a grand prix you get to, it logs it logs your score if you had the high score. And the high score being first place, second place, third place, or else like fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. So it ca- like once you get first, then I think it caps out at first. Um, but it shows you the two racers you used, the cart you used, the speed you raced on, like 50, 100, 150. And then you can put in your three initials. And like, I, it's never really mattered to me as like a guy who has never lived really with another gamer for any, I mean, I used to live with my buddy Ryan, who was a, a big gamer, but like for the most part, it's been me and the girlfriend I've had forever. She doesn't really play. So it's just me by myself. Um, but dude, if you, if you like played with your brothers and sisters or your roommate or your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, whomever's a gamer, your kids are gamers, being able to put your fucking score in is so sick. And I would love to see that back from Mario Kart nine, where when you finish a cup, maybe it keeps track. Of like your score like the amount of points you got and it keeps track of your fucking trophy and maybe keeps track of like your cumulative time I think that'd be sick like the total time it took you to finish the four races and maybe Mario Kart Double Dash does that I can't remember but that that should be another thing that comes back and you put in your initials I've who what retro gamer doesn't love the three initial high score system that's like an arcade classic thing that should just be in every game where it's possible to score any like keep track of any kind of high score or best time or anything you should be able to put in your initials and fucking save it and then compete with each other that should be a normal thing you could put it online that'd be so sick would that be sick Mario Kart 9 you finish the circuit you finish the four races it takes your total time for the four races and you go on like a worldwide leaderboard with your name fuck that needs to happen I'm gonna call Nintendo as soon as I'm done this podcast that needs to be a thing also um battle mode I, I i mean i know that battle mode is a pretty divisive thing i used to love it in the super nintendo and the mario kart 64 era and then the older i've gotten and the more i've gotten into gaming i've really drifted away from battle mode but mario kart double dash had a pretty fat battle mode and again being able to play it in two teams is really that's such an under under uh appreciated aspect of this game so now quickly there's one more thing that i want to get into before i'm done uh and i really want to shit on it a minor thing is I don't like the baby characters. This game introduced the baby characters to Mario Kart. like baby Mario, baby Luigi. I fucking hate the. I fucking hate. You guys know how I feel about baby Mario, baby Luigi. They should never be in a game again. I fucking hate them. But the big problem with Mario Kart Double Dash, it made a mistake that has left a stink on the Mario Kart franchise that will never go away. Mario Kart Double Dash introduced Baby Park, I think. I don't think it was in any game before this one. Baby Park is that fucking shitty course that's just a giant oval and you do seven laps instead of three and there's no fucking skill involved. It just becomes a crapshoot of items floating around everywhere. And I've seen people post that Baby Park is the only real way to play Mario Kart and I'm sorry, but you're fucking high. That course sucks. And the fact that... The- the fucking fact that Nintendo feels the need to keep recycling Baby Park and putting it into future copies of Mario Kart and every time I play Mario Kart 8 online and that fucking track is one of the options you get to pick so many people pick it and I'm like you're all fucking idiots and you're only picking this because it's the only way you have a chance at winning because it fucking sucks and by the fourth lap you have no idea who's in first and who's in last and who you're supposed to be aiming for or who you're not supposed to be aiming for and there's just fucking shells and bombs floating around everywhere banana peels every fucking three seconds and it doesn't... I hate that track. You want to know what's a good oval track? bike track. That game, that track is fucking rad. Because it's big and it's spaced out and there's strategy involved and it's three laps, which is what Mario Kart should be. It shouldn't be seven laps and eight seconds each around a fucking oval with a goddamn fucking roller coaster floating around your head and it's named after those shitty baby characters and it is the worst track in Mario Kart history. It is worse than the Blue Shell. If you gave me two choices, I could get rid of Baby Park or I could get rid of the Blue Shell... Give me the blue shell right up the ass. Get rid of Baby Park. It is the fucking worst thing to ever happen to Mario Kart. And I never want to see it again. I hate it. And I forgot that this was the game that introduced it. And then I fucking came across it playing through it the other day. And I got so mad. I hate that course. But other than Baby Park, it's a fucking pretty good game, man. I love Double Dash. I think that it is one of the best games on the GameCube. I will I, I lock it in. Someday I'm going to do a Mario Kart ranking episode. And when I do it, if I don't put Double Dash in the top three, I want all of you to fucking scream at me. Scream at me. Never let me forget it. It is a top three Mario Kart game. It deserves everybody love. I want the double driver mechanic back fucking so much fun. I'm gonna, like, I'm probably going to keep playing it. I might stream it. If I can get this fucking computer thing to work and I start doing these streams like I want to do for the level up program, uh, there's my last plug. Then, um, no, I'll be doing one more in the outro, but then I, I'm going to stream some double dash cause it's really fucking good. And it still looks good too. Like it's a good looking fun to play very deep. Just so many things I like about it. I wish it had it online, but again, that's from before online existed. Not a big thing. Good enough. I'm going to lose my voice soon. So we're going to score this thing. I'm going to do the outro. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, I was trying to figure out what to score it out of. Uh, there are... How many characters are in this game? Um, 2, 4, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. So there's 20 drivers in this game. So out of 20, I give Double Dash 18 drivers out of 20 it loses it loses two drivers for baby park it loses no drivers for anything else but that there you go it loses two drivers and the two drivers are baby mario and baby luigi they get eliminated from the game we eliminate baby park and this game gets a perfect 20 out of 20 but it doesn't it gets an 18 out of 20 because those three shitty things are in it great game guys i hope you enjoyed this episode i'm gonna play some music and then i'm gonna come out thank my patreons do my outro and move on with my life That's going to do it for this week's episode, everybody. Adam, thank you so much for talking to yourself for a little over an hour for this episode. And to every single one of you that are listening to my voice right now, thank you so much, you guys. We've done 110 of these. We're almost at 100,000 downloads. I Like, I say it every week, but I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I'm blown away uh, at where the show has gotten and I can't wait to see where it goes. Again, one last time I implore you, if you haven't read it yet please go to RememberTheGamePodcast.com read my level up blueprint I I put my heart out there, my soul, I put all my cards on the table, I want to grow this thing, I think we can really build something special and I want all of you to come along with me I don't care who you vote for, I don't want to talk politics, I don't care what you're into sexually, for food, for music, just be a nice person, have an opinion about video games be passionate about video games don't be offended by swearing and you are always going to be welcome here thanks for listening you guys please support us on patreon if you can i'll be back on sunday with the next episode of expansion pass i know i haven't said what it is yet but i haven't quite figured it out i'm leaning toward talking digital games versus physical games and that whole debate and why i do one but need the other to hang around but I'll, I'll figure that out the next day or so and post it on social media. But I'll be back on Sunday with Expansion Pass. I'll be back next week with episode 111 to remember the game. And I'll be back next Friday with episode 0, a prototype episode of our brand new to-be-named gaming show. Thanks for listening, you guys. I'll talk to you all again soon. Take it easy. Be nice to each other. Clean your controllers. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by you, our Patreon supporters. And I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone that has supported our show over at patreon.com slash Game. So a humongous thank you to Aaron Cuphall, Adam Anderson, Alex, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Castro, Andrew Halepchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Sane, Batter Barhumi, Bearded XP, Ben Buliu, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinkin, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Bullfrog, Charlie M., Chris Campbell, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson... Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Killcup, Crash Band Curtis White, Dan T, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, Desert Tortoise, Du Doug Dorn, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Cannard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeffrey Mathis, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from Press Start to Join, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegan Wilson, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, CryptoBox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Lord Egbert, Lord <laughs> Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark McHugh, Mark209, Michael Mathis, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No Juan Cares, Rex, Robert Fuchsia, Robert L., Rome21, Scott V., Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, The Bevins Girls, The Matthews Kids, Todd, Tony, Tyler, Vladstein, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon Knapscog, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Craig Rutt, Dario Omen Travis, and Adamo Shirello. Thank you all so much for supporting the show, you guys. I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.